0: Welcome to Kat's Podcast, episode number 17. I'm Kat, your host, and I'm super happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. In my podcast, we talk about freedom, reconnection, and empowerment, and how these three play together. And this episode today actually centers around reconnection, reconnection with ourselves. And in a way, it's a seamless addition to the last episode where we talked about patterns of stress and tension that might pop up more than usual in these times of change and uncertainty and how we can ease them up with the help of Ayurveda and today in the episode we're gonna talk about patterns of fear and insecurity that work from deep within us and that we're oftentimes not even aware about. For this episode, I quite literally reconnected with Berit Julie fritz Berit is a non-medical practitioner, naturopath, and homeopath. She helps adults, adolescents, and children with acute and chronic complaints that can be either physically or psychologically caused. She also advises couples in times of crisis. Her therapy methods are homeopathy supervision, systemical constellations and body work. We'll dive into all of that in the conversation. And with this mix she combines physical, mental and emotional issues and works truly holistic. Barrett and I met 15 years ago actually in our former lives working in a communications agency in Berlin and now we're here today talking about patterns of fear and insecurity and how they hugely influence how we act and react in our daily lives, and how stressed or how relaxed we deal with certain situations. And how ultimately breaking through them helps us to become more resilient, self reliant, and empowered. Because the thing is, a lot of the time we're not even aware of those patterns, they literally autopilot us into a certain perception keeping up a loop of fear-based reactions and at the moment there is a lot out there that might be triggering us and bringing to life these patterns. So it's a very topical thing to talk about in these times where COVID is in the air. In this episode you'll learn what you can do to build awareness on what's really going on inside you, how physical, mental and emotional signs Pointing to deeper fears might look like. Think about headaches or tonsil inflammations, just as two examples. It's really interesting, so stay tuned. What methods are powerful tools for exploring underlying fears and insecurities? Why you act the way you do towards the whole COVID situation? And why face masks might actually be a real trigger for you? And why, a lot of the time, it's not the others to blame. And one more announcement before we dive in. This episode is supported by the Dutch Health Store. Dutch Health Store is an amazing online store for natural and organic skin and body care, as well as other health products. It's my favorite place in Europe to get facial oils, essential oils and tonic herbs. All brands and products are carefully selected by Wilma Boeving. She's the CEO and co-founder of Dutch Health Store. What I love about the products most is that they are truly natural. Because most of the time we won't find that in a drugstore or even at an organic supermarket. Products offered there, they oftentimes look natural but they aren't truly. So there are still so many non-natural or potentially harming ingredients in those products. that's one thing you can really be sure of at the dutch health store that when you're buying there um, all the products are truly all natural it's an amazing quality and it's really nature's beauty shining through two of my all-time favorites are the lavender essential oil and the sea best skin ever the seabuckthorn best skin ever is a oil for the face and you can use it to clean your face it's oil washing and then you can also use it to moisturize it so it's super handy when you're traveling a lot it's just one bottle and you can also use it for your whole body it's a beautiful beautiful oil so go check a dutch health store out at dutchhealthstore.com and have a virtual straw And also, when there's something you like to buy, make sure you use one of the links below or one of the links on my website. And like this, you can get 5% off your first order. The code for this is simply KATRIN. It's K-A-T-H-R-I-N. And just so you know, for your information, These links here and on my website are affiliate links which means that I get a little percentage of the purchase value but for you the price is the same and by using and that's the only difference really is that by using one of my links you help me sustain myself and also support this podcast and I'm super thankful for that and now enjoy this rich conversation. How are you feeling today? How's life in Berlin?
1: So actually today was a great summer day and now I'm sitting in my practice. It's a little bit dark in here and I think, okay, let's do the work. Let's do the, uh, the uh, topics we want to talk about and I'm, I'm feeling good. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and to contribute to your podcast and your effort to, to reconnect the people and uh, reflecting their own lives and their also, they are daily motions.
0: Yeah. Amazing! Thank you so much, and a very warm welcome to to the show officially now, Berit. Yeah. <laughs> we just just for the listeners, we know each other from, I guess, twelve, thirteen years ago, almost. Yes.
1: yes from our
0: say. from our previous lives in Berlin, I can say when we were both working in a communications agency and first you left the agency, I think I left a year later. And then we both had this, this interesting shifts in our lives, I guess. So before we dive into the topic, before we start talking about this time of change right now and uh, what's happening and also what's happening on our subconscious levels Tell us a little bit about your work, where you come from, what made you change, what made you leave the communications agency and start the thing that
1: you're doing now? All right, I try. Yeah, uh, I would say in my life, everything is about communication. Um, Coming, as you said, from a job as a consultant for public relations, I I always had to work uh, on clients who had communication problems <laughs> or they wanted to solve their communication problems or they want to uh, have a certain kind of communication and it was about campaigns and keynotes and key messages and uh, what they wanted to say to the press what they don't want to say to the press what they wanted to hide what they wanted to show and um, I like the work a lot because I like to work for communication, for real communication, for good communication. But I also had always the feeling that I'm actually more interested in the uh, people's life behind <laughs> behind their messages. I was always working with clients and after a while I found, oh, it's much more interesting to know or to get to know what what actually um, Uh, they wanted to do in their lives. They wanted to do with a campaign what their personal goals are and why do they do that job they do. And um, so sometimes I had the feeling I'd rather ask the client, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to work that way? And uh, so... I love that. I (laughs) I had the feeling I have to change my communication because actually the work I do, the press release I write is not the thing I want to write about. It's actually more that I want to like write uh, about their lives, about the client's lives and about our personal communication on that topic. So that was one thing. And on the other hand, I really had a a bad time with my own patterns working in such a stressful agency. And, um, sometimes so I have the feeling, yeah. Just, just jumping in here for the
0: listeners patterns. So you're referring to unconscious patterns that yes. build up in your body or in your mind over the,
1: over the years. Yeah, I have, I had the feeling I'm, I'm kind of stressed out by myself. Uh, by working the way I work and not doing the things I want to do or not listening to the things I want to listen to. And that yeah, kind of uh, showed me my own personal pattern in life, meaning that I usually always, when I had feelings, I went over them and said, okay, I have to go through, I have to do this although I don't want to, I have to do this, it's my task, it's my duty, kind of, yeah, and Mm -hmm. um, if I would have had supervision at that point, or therapy, or somebody who would show me it's not the job, it's yourself, it's not the agency which, which stresses you out, it's yourself, then I would maybe still be there. I don't know. But I had the feeling I have to, yeah, I have to change my work because I need to do something which brings me more to myself, to my own psychological problems and also, yeah, to that communication, that kind of communication I wanted to have with my, uh, yeah, communication partner on the other side. So I um yeah, I started to to uh, go to school again and I uh, learned about human anatomy and human physiology and patholo- pathology, you say that, pa- pathology, I think, and uh, learning about the fact that, that illnesses or diseases or complaints you have, chronical complaints or acute complaints are usually combined to a... Um, psychological problem you have and um, that we cannot only see a complaint we have on the body level without looking on the emotional level or the mental level which is inside that human being so I started to uh, to learn all about that and uh, now I'm with my new way or new profession I'm an as you call it, I think, alternative healer or non-medical practitioner. I think that's the case. Yeah, and uh, your, yeah nat- naturopath, right? Yeah, naturopath. or And also I work with different methods, so I'm also a homeopath and I'm a therapist working with, with um, systemical constellations, as we call it, Aufstellungsarbeit in German and I uh, work with supervision, mm-hmm. I also treat couples about their communication and
0: uh, with yeah, so I have
1: always to do <laughs> I always have to do with communication and I try to, to um, treat my clients um, trying to show the people their way to communicate with themselves again, as mm-hmm. I said beforehand, I, I yeah, I didn't do that before. I didn't do that when I was 25. I didn't talk to myself. I didn't uh, have the feeling I needed to talk to myself in a real and uh, everyday manner. So um, that's what I do when the clients are with me. I show them ways to communicate with yeah, themselves. Beautiful. Um, that's that's
0: yeah. really beautiful. And I think already now there are so many people out there they who can relate with what you just said you know thinking it's the other ones or thinking it's your employer or it's that situation that makes you uncertain stressed or feeling overwhelmed but apparently a lot of the times it's it's within us it's the patterns within us and the driving forces or the the forces within us that that make us react a certain way. And it's, I think we can easily make another podcast episode just on the uh, point which you um, talked about seeing this in a work re- environment. And yeah. when we look at ourselves, how can we change that? How can we work in a more relaxed way in a healthier way?
1: least no, right. mm-hmm. Yeah. And Actually, it's already, it's already a, a, a theme of mine to, to have the practice on the one hand and uh, work there with clients on their personal issues and on the other mm-hmm. hand, do supervision for agencies or for uh, yeah, companies who have problems in their teams and within colleagues. And I say, okay, let's look at that. Look whether it's a real job problem. Or whether there are personal problems laying behind, and people think it's a job problem, but they have to actually solve that problem in their family, with their father, (laughs) with their (laughs) child, etc. So um, I can actually combine those two worlds I live in. Yeah, I can have my my older experiences from working in agencies, and I have my new experiences with working on personal um, issues. Mm. Sorry to interrupt you.
0: <laughs> no, 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 that's that's fine. And I think that's a super, super interesting point. And I guess, or I believe in the end, that's what we want, you know, C- combining the different worlds and embodying and representing all that we are and not excluding one part and Right. For me as well, the process I'm in right now, like over over time, I feel that those different elements are coming together, they're connecting, and mm-hmm. and that's a really beautiful thing to experience that I don't have to say, oh, I'm this or I'm that, but mm-hmm. I can be both, and having both
1: mm-hmm. makes
0: me unique, and that's what I stand for, and that's what I am, and
1: yeah it's one of the as you call it in 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 uh it's a unique selling proposition to say it again in a in an economical way but um for me the special thing is uh that i don't want to sell myself anymore yeah i don't want to show myself although it's hard for me always to be that honest and say oh i'm almost having a burnout there yeah it's But for me, we are human and we are part of different uh, systems. We have the job system. We have our family. We have our relationships. We have the society in all. And uh, we play certain roles in those systems. And we have to combine them in ourselves, which doesn't mean that we play the same role in every system. But we need to be aware of our roles. And this awareness will help us to not get confused by different roles and different patterns we have playing those roles. Those roles, I mean, yeah. When I'm in an agency, I have to be the performance woman, yeah. I have to have a kind of a mask. And I'm maybe competent in that. But that doesn't mean I have to have that in my family. Or maybe because I didn't learn how to do that in the family, I have problems to do it in the job or vice versa. So I have to, when I go there, I I try to, to sort people's roles and put them back to the different systems they're in. And then I talk about the different patterns or how... Um, a job situation reminds me actually of a situation which I have at home with my boyfriend or with my partner or with my child. So, and then can there be a kind of a re- relief because I don't need to see it in the job. I see it in that moment. Oh, it rem- reminds me again of what I have at home. Okay, I have to go and solve mm. the problem problem at home and then i don't have it in the job anymore or i still mm. want to have something from my father's some kind of um how do you say that loop um, confirmation or no, confirmation yeah something i i always wanted him to say to me and now he's mm. not there and i never got it and i know i will never get it and now again i think i need to get that from my boss but it's a mm. confusion. The boss is not your father. But if you say kind of or subconsciousness uh, is telling you there's another one like that, then you, you, you step into the trap and you mm-hmm. want something from your boss, which is not possible. You have to actually solve that problem with yourself or with your father. <laughs> and then you mm-hmm. are you're not always confronting this system in the job world where you think oh it's not good for me oh it's not good for me oh it's not good for me because when you long and ask for something all the time then you you feel like a yeah like a like a victim at that point maybe we can talk about that later
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll will dive deeper into yeah. that later yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting and i um i f- it's such an aha moment hearing this because that 's the bridge right you were talking about different systems different systems we're operating in, but then mm-hmm. connecting them by mm-hmm. having this by recognizing a pattern that is mm-hmm. was established in one system and then we see it. Evolving or playing out in another system, and right. so we see everything is connected on this mm-hmm. system level we we're we operating in in our outer worlds, but also in our worlds on the. Uh, as you said before, it's not just the body or it's not just the mind. No, it's it's all. It's body, mind, soul. So it's it's always all connected, and right. I like to. I like that you pointed that out and that's also one of the core topics of this podcast reconnection and how can we reconnect with ourselves and Mm -hmm. ultimately with nature, with, with the world and, and change this whole thing for the better. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we look at what's happening now, we're in a time where there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of uncertainty. And we also see things popping up that haven't affected us for a really long time. Or we see things popping up in a new frequency with a new pace. From From your personal perspective and knowing that you deal with that on a professional basis what or how how can we look at what's going on on both the collective and the individual level at the moment
1: all right how how can i start maybe maybe um on a society level or a collective level we have learned or we learned again um that old habits or, or constellations or 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 rules which were there don't pay anymore the the security of the life we used to know or where we get, got used to very much used to um is unstable it has a it it is vulnerable And as we are living here in Berlin, in Germany, we most probably couldn't expect, we we knew about terrorism, yeah? We we knew about enemies. But we forgot that there are so-called enemies for our body. Uh, And so now we are in that constant fear of being killed by the enemy. Maybe it's a little drastic how I say that, but, but for me in a collective view, the media is full of what can we do against the virus? What can we do to protect us from the virus? And that shows me a lot of fear, a lot of collective fear. And then there's the next question, How does the individual deal with it? Does the individual, the the patient, the client I see in my practice is the one who has the same fear, the same picture of there's a virus, it's an enemy, the virus will kill me if I get infected. I have to build walls around me and stay at home and everything. Or do I have the opposite, that somebody says, I don't care. Yeah, I want to go out. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to change my habits. I want to be secure in my habits, which I had. And then they again, for my opinion, fight against an enemy. They fight against that somebody wants to change their lives. Do you understand what I get? So it's always if we, if we, or if clients tell me different views of how the corona time is now presenting itself, then I always ask them, what is your fear? Is it the Mm -hmm. fear of the virus or is it the fear that nothing will be the same, that I will never be in contact, in physical contact to anybody anymore. Is it that? So in my practice, I always have the feeling I have to find the bottom of the fear the individual has concerning COVID-19. So there is not a general answer. So everybody has his own view on the virus, his own view on the society. And I mm. try to understand every side because I want to try to understand the fear and try to find out where that fear comes from. So I can kind of change maybe a pattern or not change, but at least understand a pattern. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's like peeling back the layers, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I can imagine that a lot of the times your clients might say, This is my fear, but then in a conversation with you or in a session with you, they might discover, Oh no, that's actually not the fear itself. There's another layer underneath, there may be another one and another one, and then mm-hmm. is it like this?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is like that. Yeah, like an onion. Yeah, you you, you peel an onion, although not quite a good uh, example because the onion doesn't have a core, <laughs> but still, <laughs> I would say, I would say, uh, yeah, it's peeling. It's peeling. And, um, and it's not easy to peel it because, to wanna, I want to make that clear, we had beforehand that it always has to do something with, you, with yourself. Yeah? You cannot blame the system. You cannot blame the others. And that's a hard part also in the corona times. It's much easier, much, much easier to blame the others that they didn't do the science right, that they didn't do the prevention right, that they didn't do this right, that they didn't do it with the children right, that the homeschooling isn't right, and always blame the others. And I don't think that we can overcome those times with blaming others. I can only... (laughs) Yeah, work for myself what are my problems what is my fear where are my abilities and where are they not <laughs> where are my boundaries where are my exhaustions um how can i help myself but mm-hmm. before helping myself i have to to know what my fear is about you know what i mean
0: definitely yeah yeah definitely and it's interesting because blaming the others it is such a such a common reaction and it is such an easy reaction but also kind of a lazy reaction i find yeah. it's yeah. easy it's easy to blame others but looking at yourself and actually doing the work and diving deep that's what requires yeah. effort that's what requires time and honesty and I've, I've talked a little bit about it in my latest podcast Mm -hmm. in episode number 15, but that's, and I, I firmly believe that we need more of this deep diving and questioning and that starts on an individual level, or if we don't start it on an individual level, we will automatically come back to the individual level very fast. And Mm -hmm. then start exploring from there and expanding from there but that's where we always come back to and that's what I really love about having you here today that we can explore these individual levels a little bit more and what's happening there Mm -hmm. and I remember in one of our pre-chats you actually said there's there's the same fear it's it's actually the same thing on a collective level and on an individual level. It just plays out differently and that for me was such a such an almost like an aha moment. I was like that's so true. We have the same thing happening, but Laying out or masquerading differently. So, so can you
1: talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I, I, I remember our conversations where I said um, that the Corona time uh, is uh, showing all the themes which we had beforehand, already beforehand. It kind of makes the situation so close that we are desperately... Alone, yeah, concerning how do we need to react on this? How, what, what, what attitude do I need to have right now? And then you have to decide for yourself what to do, and then you're kind of um, um, back and uh, bounced on yourself because, because. You are alone with your fear or you feel it the first time. there's no um no things outside who can who can uh, distract you, so you're kind of and that is what I found out by, with my clients they had no longer excuses not to deep and not to uh, dive inside themselves, they 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 were kind of um, the problems were there and they were there beforehand but now there was the time of Corona and they were there every minute they had the, the feeling that the relationship which was bad before now was even worse because you spend 24-7 together all of a sudden and so you can't run away from that problem you already had before same with children same with whatever job problem you had yeah now you were in your home office and and there you were alone not distracted by colleagues yeah and you had to sit there and um solve it so i have the feeling that the Corona time shows us a lot although i wouldn't say it's great that we have the Corona time. I wouldn't say that. It's it's a crisis. It's it's not easy for a lot of people out there. But in my uh, yeah, in my uh, practice here or in my work here, I find um, it revealed a lot. So I have the feeling it was in time or it was time for diving deeper and trying to start to communicate with yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had the same feeling. All I, I think I felt it the first time when I was still back in New Zealand three months ago. I was like, there was a situation where I thought, okay, this time right now, it's revealing things that wouldn't have been revealed the, under normal circumstances. So it's kind of bringing out the truth because the situations are so extreme. It's different for everyone or we, yeah, d- due to our life circumstances, it is it is different for everyone. But the intensity of the time kind of brings a lot of things up. And I find that it, re- it reveals a lot of truth and we can't run away or hide anymore or just scratch on the surface, but we... Mm both said we have to dive deep
1: and and how can we do so is the question right how can we now dive deep and um, get a grip on that right get a grip on that what i'm 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 feeling inside so i can try to to tell about my method to do so um most probably you you already um know about the work with the inner child it's it's a method where you try to Find out where at the first time somebody or a situation was like a big or a small trauma to, to you, where you were most of the times in your childhood where you really had had fear.
0: So, for example, can you give us an example of a of a situation where we that something is triggering us or we see this pattern popping up again and again what what could this be or from, from your work and your the work with your clients can you give us an example just to have something in our mind when we work when we walk through these
1: uh the methods you're applying so let me just make a the example uh uh of myself. Yeah. It's easier to talk about me than to talk about an example of my clients. So I would say I had a father who, who worked a lot and who had the vision of without working, there's nothing. Right. So I had a, it was a certain generation. We don't need to talk about it. They worked, they worked, they worked. And I had the feeling as a child, Work was always more important than family. So now I have a husband who, right now, works a lot. And he, now as I reflected, reminds me in that case of my father. So I see my husband working and working and working and not being there for us, for the family. And all of a sudden, I get this anger inside, this, 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 also maybe a sadness inside, or something which reminds me how I felt when I was a little child. So in family constellations or in systemic constellations, if I reflect on that with a client, I would put on my table somebody for my father, somebody for my husband. Usually I work with little schleich animals, like these little rubber animals uh, who show a certain kind of physiology and have a certain character, of course. So I I intuitively uh, choose one of those animals and I put them on the table. So I have there my father, I have my husband, I have myself. And then I see, okay, the situation I was in when I was a child, I was probably eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And so I put a little animal for my inner child on the side. And then I reflect on that and I see, OK, my father looks totally different than my husband does. How come? How could I possibly have exchanged their characters or, or related their characters? And then I can see clearer. I can see, oh, that was my family system. That was my trauma out of my family system. And this is my husband. And my husband is different. He works a lot, but when he's there, he's there. That's a difference. And I can see not with the feeling of fear onto this situation or that constellation I just put on my table, but I can see with love on that. I can see okay, he's doing it a different way than my father did. And I can also see, okay, my father did it because he was in a generation where that was, (laughs) it had nothing to do with me. And working on that, I can can see my inner child on the side and can say, oh, look to that child. Look, that reminded you of your father and what you didn't get when you were eight years old, right? And the little one would communicate with me if it will uh, and say, yeah, I'm afraid. He doesn't see me anymore. I I'm afraid. And I would say, okay, let's talk to him. Yeah. Because I'm an adult. I can say, okay, I can handle the situation. And I would go to my husband and say, you know what? You remind me of my father. I get sad. I I'm upset. I'm in rage almost because I want to be seen. Can you please change? Or, And then we are in communication. Other than that, I would su- just say nothing, have fear in, my, my, in myself, in, inside myself, and have the feeling, okay, he annoys me with his kind of work. He is the one to blame. He's working too much. He's stupid. He doesn't see me. And then I'm there having no communication, having my fear for myself and not being able to redo a situation. Do you understand what I?
0: Yeah, I I do. Mm -hmm. And these times right now, which are intense and bring up the truth, as we were talking before, these times might bring up those situations more often, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I would say so because you're, you're more in a, in a, um, in a uh, isolated situation right now. You're more with your children. You're more with your friends or not. Yeah. Or you're more separated. You're more not in touch. And that brings you to the feeling of, Oh, where does that remind me of? And most Probably you don't really know in the beginning. You only have this kind of, yeah, confusion inside. And um, so my therapy methods are actually the methods of Gestalt therapy, or or my teacher Leonard Shaw. It's a famous Gestalt therapist from Seattle. Can and I just
0: he, one more? Can I just yeah. ask one more thing in here? I think that was the perfect wording when you said sometimes we don't realize those patterns in the beginning, yeah. but or we don't realize that they are popping up more yeah. often or more extreme, and yeah. we might just feel confused or overwhelmed yeah. or more in our heads. So are there typical signs where we, you know, signs that we can see or observe on ourselves in our lives um, that could lead us to exploring our subconscious patterns
1: further. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I would, yeah, yeah, I would say so. There's, I mean, if you get a sudden sadness and you don't really know why you are sad all of a sudden, then it definitely uh, shows you that something is confused in your, in yourself right now sometimes it, it makes you sad to see a mask in a in a in a train or see the others with a mask and most probably you you have something laying behind where you either maybe had a strange uh, uh, situation when you were in a hospital yourself for example or you have the dentist on your eye where you are always afraid or you you have the feeling okay i don't see the 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 mimic do you say that the the, the, mm-hmm. the mimic of the others faces and uh, you oh, that's can't a good read point. yeah i can't read him i don't know what he thinks i can't i don't see the eye and i don't see the mouth and i don't see the mouth, nose i can't read anything and then you feel alone. So I would say feeling alone is expressed in different emotions. Sometimes it's rage, sometimes it's sadness, sometimes it's headache, uh, sometimes it's bellyache, sometimes it's uh, just being confused, sometimes it's allergy, whatever. It is the feeling of being alone in a situation which reminds you of point, point, point. You don't know yet, but you can find out.
0: That's so interesting. And I never would have thought that like allergies or headaches could also be the, like, the sign that there is a hidden pattern somewhere that we're dealing with. I mean, it makes total sense now hearing it and, and looking at it, but, and I, I guess it could be a really good, um, breadcrumb along the way for a lot of us who might wonder now, oh, why am I getting headaches more frequently? Or what's going on in my belly, in my stomach? Is there something, did I eat something wrong? And maybe it's not the food, but it is an emotion that's kind of stuck or coming
1: up within you. Definitely, and for me, it's another example of myself would be um, I dealt with a lot of tonsil inflammation in my youth, and also nowadays, not anymore because I know my patterns but but um it is kind of everybody has his own um ventil in his body, do you say that like? the 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 point where it comes out some people have headaches some have ear infections some have always tonsil problems the next have heart problems the next have bladder problems whatever a variety of (laughs) of um, complaints you can have but usually you have two or three which come along all the time or when you don't feel safe let me say it that way Mm. so In that moment where you get the inflamed tonsil, and usually it's on my right side, I say, okay, what was it? What was it this time? What were the situations today and yesterday and the day before yesterday? What upset me? Where did I feel lonely? Where did I have fear and why? And when I get that, and I know it. I usually kind of feel it inside that one certain situations almost make me cry. If I would be honest, sometimes it takes a while, but now already I am at that state that I can fix those different situation. I can send, was it this, this one who said this? No, that wasn't so bad. Was it him who said to me, hmm, uh, no, that didn't bother me. Was it this one? Oh yeah. Now I feel my heart. Uh, now I feel kind of a, a stomach pain all of a sudden when I think about that. And then you know what was the theme about, what was the fear about. Mm-hmm. And then that, I can, yeah, and nowadays I can really, I can, I can see in the mirror that the tonsil will go, the inflammation will go away after me knowing or being aware and taking care of my inner child In that moment, and saying, "Oh yes, that situation reminded you of, oh, that was hard," Hmm. and then this 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 switch of being afraid to love yourself for being aware that that situation was a hard one in former times and still now. And then you can kind of calm yourself down and not in, in suppressing, but in a mood of, yes, I know, that's, that's the point for you always and will be <laughs> till the end of your days. Because that's the situation you had when you were a child. And that was hard for you. And it can be big and it can be very small. It doesn't make any difference. It has the tonsil or the bladder infection or it has the headache in that moment. As a result.
0: That's so interesting. I really find it so, so interesting. And what you're talking about, I think it's something that's so often or still overlooked in our societies and how we approach health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Because it shows that everything is interconnected and a lot of the our physical or bodily symptoms are not bodily symptoms in the origin but they are things of the mind of the psyche and of our emotions and yeah. I I find just what you said making this connection so interesting and also so enlightening and it's and it's such an everyday thing it's not that we have to start searching in a thorough way It just thinking about, oh, what, what was that about last week? And,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just, just building this awareness. Simple. It's very simple and a very, <laughs> um, uh, as we call it, cheap way <laughs> to, to, uh, to be in a good mood with yourself, yeah, and to mm. be in, in love with yourself, to do the so-called self-care, to take care of yourself in that moment. That's, that's actually my main goal that people learn how to take care in a certain situation where they feel that fear is coming up, or that confusion is coming up, or that headache is coming up. And then mm-hmm. recognizing it's an old fear, I have it still, okay, I <laughs> embrace myself for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I find, yeah, that was what I wanted to say before. That that um, my teacher Leonard Shaw is saying that uh, there are actually only two main emotions in life, which is fear or love, and usually, or in many cases, it's very human. We have a fear, and if we are able to see that fear with an Perspective of love of yourself, then you can get over that fear and don't need to fear the enemy because the enemy only shows you something. And then we are back at the COVID-19 <laughs> virus. If there, if there is a virus out there and if we are afraid of the virus, we have to ask ourselves why are we afraid of that virus? What is within, within us which is so unstable? Because the virus can only get into ourselves on a milieu of fear. If we are afraid of being infected, we are much, much more um, likely, to be yeah, yeah. likely to be infected. And of course, it, it may sound bad for people who already are in a chronic disease of course they are having more problems and they are more likely we know all that but i wanted to say it's always it's the milieu where where a bacteria or a virus comes on top and if Mm. we have a good milieu in ourselves concerning our health concerning our um Nutrition concerning our self-care, concerning our awareness, then we are not so um, in such a risk, because we can take care of what's in us, and then we can we we don't have the milieu for a virus to eat us up. <laughs> yeah, maybe mm. maybe that kind of a, a picture I would like to draw.
0: Yeah, I I love the comparison you're drawing here. And I think, or it might be a bit difficult to wrap our heads around the physiological or biological explanation of what viruses are and that they have been part of our human beings for thousands and thousands of years and part of our environment. And they, they actually contributed to our evolution but looking at it from our very own perspective as you said when we just look at our own well-being and health and how we um how we on our individual levels can deal with things like be it on a on a physical level or on a mental level and how we can react to 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 stresses out there if we can um, deal with them in a quite relaxed way and they don't harm us or are we you know, acting from a place of fear or from a tense situation and they are much more likely to, to affect our health or to make us sick. And um, I think that really helped to, um, to see or to understand what's going on on a, on a broader level. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I didn't
1: make it more
0: confusing now.
1: <laughs> no. no, I don't think so. I think it's, uh, as I said before, it's about communication. If we are able to communicate with ourselves and to, to communicate uh, on our fears and be honest with ourselves, we don't need to show that to everybody what we have in our mind all the time. Maybe that's not even necessary, but it has. It is necessary to be honest with ourselves to don't have a mask uh, within us. Uh, and if we are able to, maybe we have even four little children sitting inside, like an eight-year-old, a fourteen-year-old, a twenty-one-year-old, and a thirty-year-old, yeah, girl or woman, and they have different um, situations. And I, I. Just want to make clear that if you are able to communicate with those parts of yourself, then you can reduce the fear because then you're together with yourself. And then you can manage to say, okay, let's, let's do it differently this time. Let's have a break. Or I know you're, you're thinking again, you can't do a break because you were born and raised like that. But I tell you now, I'm an adult, and I tell you now, you take a break. Although your father didn't say so. Um, So for me, um, I wanted to say that beforehand. This therapist I learned a lot from, he said we have this, um, and it's a nice quote, we have this family origin movie in our head which means when I get into a situation which, rem- which reminds me of something I experienced in my childhood, there's definitely in that mowing- moment a movie going on, the family origin movie, which me- means, okay, this was um, the action in former times. This is my reaction. And it's, a, as Leonard Shaw says, a two-step dance. And if we are able to communicate with ourselves, then we can do a three-step dance out of it. We have an action and our usual reaction on it. And now we are able to say, okay, let's make a step, a little step aside and look on that and see it's the youngest child of my children inside who has a problem right now. I will rescue the little one and we do it differently this time. And then you have the possibility to step aside from the fear and say, okay, I know where it comes from. I know that the other one doesn't mean it like that. I know, I know, I know, I'm aware. And then you solve the situation in a different way. So for me, it's, it's nice to have that in mind, that we have to make a three-step dance. Instead of a two step dance, and then the other one is not to blame, you know otherwise i mm. always to the, in in that victim situation
0: mm.
1: uh, just
0: quickly i I think that was a really great oh. image you um you just gave when you said we are together with ourselves. Mm-hmm. it makes so much sense it's like like when you have a broken glass or something and you paste it back together. And yeah, it, it's, it's like yeah. that. That was what popped up in my mm-hmm. mind and say, Oh yeah. It's, then we're back together when our, with ourselves, when we allow our inner child to be there and to be heard and mm-hmm. to be part of our,
1: our own story and of our own being. Mm-hmm. Maybe one last thing about that, because being together with ourselves means for me I'm not alone because I'm with my little children uh, or I'm with my yeah, family, my own personal Behrich family. And I think that's, that's the main problem of our times that so many people in so many ways feel lonely and are not able to communicate with others, because they are not able to communicate with themselves, and if they would start to communicate with themselves, then they would be able to communicate with others and um, maybe it's an, an old Greek philosophy quote but but we are always longing to find the other one or to see ourselves in a you or find the other part of a shell or how do you say that with Platon or whomever. But I can only find the other one when I find myself in my duality at first. And I have the duality in, in, in myself. I have the fear. I have the love. And I have to kind of combine them and, and, and reconcile them, if you want to say so. Other than that, I'm not able to go outside and not blame the other for doing this or that because I'm not safe in my in myself yeah. hmm. Hmm.
0: Let's dive into the methods you're using a little bit more and how you would if if someone says, "Hey, I think there's something going on, I think I'm dealing with something here on a." deeper level, on a subconscious level, and I want to know what's behind it. Mm. When, or if they come to you, what what do you do first? How do you work? What, what can they expect?
1: Okay. Usually people, when they come to my practice, they uh, want to be treated by homeopathy. They want to have a treatment and they have a chronic problem. They have allergy, they have chronical headache, they have migraines, they have back pain, they have something where the normal or the yeah, where the normal medicine only can say, okay do your sport, take a pill if it's not um, you're not able to stand the pain I have nothing against it but they want to solve the problem on a different level. They want to see Or they see that it's a chronic problem and they want to have a different treatment for that. And I try and I find homeopathic remedies to put them back into a certain stability. But meanwhile, I'm talking about their chronic diseases and how they come and how they feel and when they come. I always try to find the point where the disease or the the illness or the the complaint started, where was the very beginning of that disease or that uh, complaint. And when I'm there, I usually come to a certain trauma point. There was something happening. Either a relationship broke up or uh, they went away from home to go studying or, or, or And so I have that point. And then I take the method of systemical constellations and say, okay, let's take different symbols, little uh, wooden uh, branches, little shells, or my little anim- animals, which I have here. And we put it on the table and we take a, a, an overview perspective on that. Because usually you don't uh, see it when you talk all the time. It's more that you see it when you look on it. And then I try to find new ways of looking on that. And and I add some symbols. Or I say, okay, take this picture of you when you were an eight-year-old with you. And then I sometimes make constellations in my imagination, yeah, that I, I let people close their eyes. And I say, okay, let's see Put your mother there. Put your father there. How do they look on you? What is the question? What did you want to say? And then it starts actually in their head. It's a constellation or a family constellation method sometimes just in the head. And that relieves or brings us to the point where we know that's what it's all about. That's the theme. And sometimes if people don't really, um, sometimes they are not able to communicate that way with me. It's too much. And sometimes uh, my, my third method of body work will come into phase, which means that I sometimes, um, which is right now not allowed because <laughs> it's physical contact, um, I put hands on their bodies, on the skin, because I say, okay, you can't communicate, but your skin still can communicate, and in a very intuitive, intuitive, intuitive how do you say that? Intuitive way. Intuitive, yeah, yeah, intuitive. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Intuitive way. I put my hands on different uh, positions on the body and try to give them the comfort to let. Inner pictures involve, and mm. then sometimes they uh, they say after a session, okay, now I got it. I think it's about. Mm-hmm. So it would be an
0: example I, if yeah. you if I say, oh, maybe there's an aching in my right shoulder, and yeah. you put your hand there, and then you would give me an image or sometimes
1: something. it's like that, and but. But, but mostly I sit in front or I sit b- beside the patient who's laying there in a comfortable situation. And um, maybe I don't, I wouldn't touch the the uh, position where it really hurts, but maybe I have the intuition that it's much better to be on his feet and just hold the feet. And then all of a sudden afterwards, people tell me, you know what? I had the imagination of me, sitting on a lawn, uh, uh, with barefoot and I was hmm, 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 years old. Hmm. I had this strange so feeling would... of, so I, I kind of, I push them, not I push them, but I bring them into their own, uh, world of pictures. They still have as memories in their body and in their cells. So sometimes it's, it's uh, a more intuitive way to, to, to work with clients.
0: So you don't give them a certain picture, that's something that comes up within them while you're just gently touching an area of the body?
1: Okay. Sometimes not even touching. I actually only give, as we call it, I only give the room. I, I give the room not to do anything, not to talk about anything, not to analyze anything, but just to be. And while having the possibility to be 20 minutes with me in a room, but not me touching, maybe, Um, and them not needing to do anything or to react in a certain way, they come to themselves. They come to their inner pictures. What would be the greatest wish they would would have right now? And then afterwards, we can work about the wish. Why does that come? Where does it come from? How long did you have that wish already? Mm-hmm. And then we are in a, in, a, in a different level, in a not so much mental level, but an emotional level, which is sometimes buried before. Mm.
0: That's yeah. so interesting that, so, so you work with both, you work with either like, touching certain areas of the body. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. again, if you know that's not the right thing, you just let them be, basically. No. just let no. them no. sit there, lie there. And, mm-hmm. and that's interesting that people don't take this time or don't realize that they might need this time in their daily lives and yeah. that they actually have to come to a place like yours. Yeah. To be able to have and create that space,
1: yeah, maybe also because there's a fear because it's it's unusual to, and it's a hard work to communicate with yourself. That's it's a, it, it's sometimes for people real hard work, and they feel safer if they do it together with me, mm. than they would do it by themselves at home. It's a difference to people who do their daily routine and have already experienced that meditation is not a problem. But there are also people out there who say, I don't even know how to do so. Yeah. I don't, the thoughts drive me away or when I lie that still down on my blanket, it's too much for me. It's too calm. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so, People who don't have the routine sometimes need to be touched or not even touched, but having the room to feel it for the first time. Hmm.
0: I know, I well, we're talking in, Eng- in English apparently, mm-hmm. but in English there's this beautiful expression of holding space for someone, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. And I don't think there's a German equivalent – but holding space—that is so beautiful. I find.
1: I would say so. I, I also say, ich halte den Raum. Yes. Okay. I, don't know. I I say so. You know, don't need to do anything. I'm just here. Ich nehme wahr. I'm. Um, how do you say wahrnehmung? Um, Perception. I, I just perceive and I hold the room or I hold the space. You don't need to do nothing. Mm. So that's, that's the mantra I tell people because they are not used to not doing anything mm-hmm. in our world. And it's very strange in the beginning that I sometimes don't even touch them. It's just 20 minutes of nothing. But it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Of nothing>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot because they're able to... Yeah. You're charging for that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm charging for that, right. So just, sorry,
0: just just a little wrap-up of the your methods. So that will be the systemical
1: constellations. Yeah. And you learned that one from Le- Leonard Shaw, right? No, that, actually, no? No, that was more the, the, the Leonard Shaw was, is a Gestalt therapist. He has the oh. methods of, of, um, talking about inner child problems and talking about coming out of a victim role into a, a role of action. Let's say, okay, so right. I, I won't do the wrap-up, you do the wrap-up, that's better. <laughs> so that would be all more the Gestalt therapy uh, form of communication within my therapy. Then I have the homeop- homeopathy as a, as a method where I can give a remedy, yeah? where I can say, okay, I give you something which is stabilizing your body and your mind and your soul. We can do another podcast on that. <laughs> and then I have uh, the family or systemical constellations and I have the body work. So these and the, and the Gestalt therapy is my method to get into, uh, to have supervision and uh, to, to dive deep, as you say, into the moment of where did it all start, you know? And then I put it to the family constellation or the systemical constellation and put it on the table and we can talk about it in a different way. Okay. More in the room. What is, what is happening right now? When I look on this little uh, line, I just choose. <laughs> or Why did I put a t- shell there? Yeah? What does the okay. shell
0: so gestalt therapy and inner child will go together kind of That's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay
1: i would say so yeah
0: Ah. Yeah. we we talked about another thing before and this is diving a bit deeper into gestalt therapy when we talk about uh us being in a victim role and yeah. then changing that and going to a more, I would say, more determined, more self-reliant role. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a bit because this time right now we're in, it's, it's such a great moment to actually go forward in that or evolve into a more self-reliant version of ourselves. To take responsibility and to to say yes, I'm responsible for th- certain things and to take action. So, can you talk about that a little bit more from yeah, the mm-hmm. perspective of Gestalt therapy?
1: Yeah, maybe maybe it, it, it wraps up what we said before that we have. Um, to, to get to know our fears, we need first to feel what we felt in a certain situation when we were a victim or when we felt ourselves as a victim. When I had my father working so much and I was not seen and he had no time for me, I felt like a victim. And now in a Gestalt therapy, I would take two chairs and I would put myself, my inner self, my inner child as an eight-year-old on one chair. And I would do put my father as a, as you call it, more active role in that case, or a perpetrator to say it in a, in a very massive way, but still it's the term Leonard Shaw's use. I would put him on the other chair and say, okay, as a child, I'm sitting here and there's the adult. And then I let the child talk to the father and say, father, why don't don't you see me? It hurts me that you work so much. <laughs> and then I switch, I put the client into the other role. I let him or her switch to the other chair. And then I I redo the phase, phrases, I say, okay, did you listen to your daughter, what she just said? How does that feel? And then the father has to answer, but it's in, in real, it's the client. And he feels the role of his father or her father. And he starts to understand why the perpetrator, in that case, um, yeah, reacted or acted this way. And then after a while again I switch and then the child is maybe yeah understanding more why the perpetrator did so and that is what I'm talking about when I see we have we always have both in ourselves we have the victim role but we are also able to see the perpetrator's side and if we understand the perpetrator side, we are also able to say, okay, it's not, I can do something different. And then I, I can explain myself and say, okay, I'm now doing a different thing. And maybe in that sense, I'm a perpetrator too. Because now I yell at my father and I say, okay, you have your own problems. I have mine. I still don't like it. I understand how, how you feel but still it wasn't enough for me. And then maybe I hurt him in that phase. And then I am a perpetrator. And that is yeah, switching chairs and, and knowing that there are both sides in us. There are both sides in every human. The perpetrator on the other chair also has the victim chair. He feels himself as a victim from his system of work of. Not being seen by his father. (laughs) So you always have both sides in yourself. And yeah, the goal is to perceive and to feel every side. And sometimes I take chairs for that. Did I get that clear? It's not so easy to to talk theoretically about something I do all the time, (laughs) I just do.
0: No, that was that was that was perfect, I find, and that gave us um, just an additional perspective on what you're doing and how we all can look at things.
1: Yeah,
0: it it brings in a cool new dimension again to to understand what's going on or what what we might be in and. Um, you uh, in one of our talks, you said, "Oh, sometimes when we're or some people working in a in a demanding job, they might be stuck in their um, feeling that they have to do it and that they have to put all their energy in the job, so they might be stuck in that flichtgefühl." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, looking at it this way might be also a great way to break up what's going on inside us. But yeah. you're the expert, so correct me if I'm, if I'm no, you're making right it.
1: Because, no, 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 it's, it's perfectly right, because I, if I react, and not act, but only react in my personal pattern, then I'm not aware of it. If I would be aware of it, and know where my Pflichtgefühl is coming from, then I could take the step aside and say, okay, this time no Pflichtgefühl. This time I will react differently. But then in that moment where I do the step aside, it's not a reaction anymore. It's an action. And then I'm into that other part of myself. I'm maybe a perpetrator. I, I will maybe harm somebody in saying, I'm not doing this today. I quit. Yeah, I'm done. It's mm. maybe doing harm to the other one. Okay, it could be. But if I always see only the one side, then I will never get out of that victim position, that Pflichtgefühl position where I sit, have the feeling... It is like that, it was always like that, and it will always be like that. Then we can mm. never change. And we can only change if we say, okay, maybe I need to harm somebody. Maybe I have to be the perpetrator in one point. Not so massive, like, yeah, doing a crime, but, but maybe I have to get into a conflict. Maybe I have to say no. And that mm. no will harm somebody, yep, still. But I'm not in the victim role anymore. I'm in the other, on the other side. And, and, and for me, Corona also very much shows that. Because if there's a virus coming and I'm in a victim role, I say, oh God, I can't do anything. Yeah, I have to wear a mask. I have to stay at home. I'm not able to see friends. And if I'm seeing friends, most probably my neighbor will sue me for that so I will never show myself anymore Yeah, I have to stay at home and not do anything and it will be always bad Yeah, to say it in a little provocant way if I now go out and I say maybe I upset my neighbor but I will hug my friend because I'm not afraid of getting a virus then maybe I'm kind of yeah, upsetting other people, doing that. But if I'm aware of what I'm doing, that I do it with a kind of a uh, of a, a love of myself because I need to see that friend because otherwise I feel too lonely and it's necessary for me. And then I'm I maybe a perpetrator concerning the neighbor, but I'm not a perpetrator or a victim in my own little
0: home not seeing anybody do you understand yeah. what I-, I do I do and yeah not being a victim in our in our own lives and that's what you just said that refers to nourishing ourselves on all levels oh, yeah. so it's it's not just staying away from people because we might catch the virus but maybe we need this connection and this physical contact yes. so we feed ourselves on a on a higher level and that strengthens us in in so many ways and that strengthens our immune system and that makes us more resistant and resilient to use one of the buzzwords of yeah, these days yeah. to
1: what's going on <laughs> yeah resilient that's the the it is the fact, because as I said before, the virus needs a milieu, a certain milieu. If it's not resilient, he will infect us. If I need for my resilience to see other people, to touch my friend, although it's forbidden, yeah, then I'm not so much in a risk. Maybe also there's another side. Maybe people have right now, the feeling, oh, it's great not to see so many people. That would be also good, that they're aware of, you know what? Beforehand, I saw too many people all the time. I need more space for myself. Now I have it. Okay, let me again say, no, I don't want to ha- have contact with you right now. Maybe use the excuse of the virus. M- Might it be? <laughs> no problem. Yeah? Yeah. But be honest to yourself that you use the virus as a um, ausrede. What's that? As an excuse, as a, as a excuse. Um, not to see anybody, because right now you need time for yourself. Perfect. Why not? But be honest. If you do it from a perspective of a victim or of a perpetrator. Hmm and if i don't want to see anybody and i'm fine with that within me because otherwise it freaks me out all these contacts then it would be good to say so and maybe to harm others by saying i don't want to see you
0: yeah it's i love yeah i i love that because it shows that there is no right or wrong. And I've, mm. I've talked about that in different facets on, on other episodes on my podcast with my guests. And I think it's awesome what you just said because it shows that, yeah, exactly that, that everything is allowed. Well, not everything, but, oh, you know, wow. there are many ways we can – we can deal with a situation and it always comes back to how we feel with it. And if we're conscious about it.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that also helps us. We touched on that before to not be that judgmental with others and also not be that judgmental with ourselves, but Mm -hmm. to accept
1: more and, yeah, yeah, I would definitely um, be positive about that. That we have, um, that we understand the others better when we understand ourselves, and if we know about our fear or whether it's fear or love, then we can also see the other one with his own fear and his own love, and if we know that we have fear we can definitely accept that the other one also has fear and that the other one might as well stays at home and don't want to see people. It's okay. And I think thoughts, you, you can't do everything, but you can think everything. I would say, yes, it's allowed. If you suppress any thoughts and say, okay, that's not possible, then you have... A certain fear lagging behind, yeah. So that would be also a nice, nice uh, saying, yeah. Don't don't suppress your thoughts because that's an act of fear. Interesting, it
0: is a lot a lot to ponder. Not just your last remark, but the whole podcast and when when we see what we're dealing with and accept that we have fears. We see that we basically all want the same. You said it so perfectly the other day that basically we all want the same. We all want to over- overcome our fears and mm-hmm. we're on the same mission with just different, just on different paths or with different
1: shields and tools and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Kat. That's what it's all about, about our fears and the way we communicate.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you said that the other day, and I I just found it so beautiful and so clarifying, seeing, Mm. okay, actually, we all want the same. We're all dealing with fear. It just disguises in different ways comes up Mm -hmm. in different ways and when we see that I think then it's also so clear why we have to work on an individual level to reach a better collective
1: level to create a better world yeah and to say it again talking about fear is not easy yeah ask somebody what are you afraid of tell me have a cup of coffee and tell me what are you afraid of Um, it's not the easiest one. Yeah. But the other one is isn't easier as well. Like, what is What you love? Okay, you can, you can answer everything on a, yeah, uh, uh, a level which is okay. But honestly, 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 it would dive deep. What is your fear? And what is your love? Right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, let's ask ourselves those questions (laughs) over and over every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And is there, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to, to add anything? We haven't touched on some, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a tip or a message you want to give out to the listeners.
1: Mm, Yeah, maybe, maybe because we had it also from the Corona time and what the question whether it could could change anything and some people are realistic and say, well, it won't change anything. Yeah. And the others say, oh, it's a time for change. Um, And also I would say um, we can change every day. We don't need the corona time to change. It is another possibility for us to to uh, do the hard work on ourselves, to get in touch with ourselves, to be more in reconciliation with our parts of ourselves. So, so when people say. Um, Go back to normal. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go back to normal. I always say, yeah, well, what's normal? Normal is the habit. Yeah, normal is the things we are used to. And we said that in the beginning. We were used to be together. We were used to have party. We have, were used to have good economics and politics and everything we thought about it. And now there's this uncertainty certainty and I would always say um, don't go back to normal. Ask yourself what is normal and what is what you need and take the time and the changes and the enemies which come from outside to rethink what is necessary for you. What is your personal fear and what would you love to hear from another person and what Is my way to get that what I need? Not in an egoistic way, but in a way of self care. Because only when we are in peace with ourselves, we can be in peace with others. Yeah,
0: maybe that. Mm
1: -hmm. Great questions for
0: everyone to take with them and to ponder on and maybe write on and. What's your normal? What do you want to have as normal? Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Mm, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing everything. Also your personal examples, what you were dealing with. That's something I, I appreciate with all my guests here on the podcast that they are sharing so much and, that can feel really scary sometimes and it can feel vulnerable and very Mm. intimate but i think there's also such a how should i say there's so much potential in there that can motivate others to to change or to look at their stuff and create a life that they really want to live so thank you for your time today Barrett, and for the connection here
1: yeah you're very welcome Kat and I'm, I'm glad that our ways in one way or the other always uh, cross again and yeah it, it is 15 years ago and I think we have great paths uh, where we are and yeah I hope we I- love you your way and I will love my way my new way and still also my old way yeah it's all about communication let's communicate further (laughs) thank you (laughs) we'll definitely thank you
0: I really hope this conversation helps you to look at things with a new perspective and I hope it's a motivation for you to reconnect with yourself and to dive deep if you feel called to do so It definitely got me thinking. (laughs) And if you're looking for personal guidance from Berit, feel free to reach out to her. You can find her website and her contact details in the show notes either below or on my website. And we're also super thankful for any feedback or comments. So please feel free to reach out. You can find my email in the show notes as well or hop over to my website and you can connect with me there as well. And if you like this episode, please share it with one person right now and leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Like this, you really support this podcast and my mission. Thank you so much. Let's inspire more people to live their truth and their freedom and embrace the love that they are.